Welcome back to Too Smart for This, the show for smart and superficial girls trying to figure out who they are, what they want, etc. And I'm back with another solo episode today. And also, this is my like sixth time trying to record this because my software is acting up today. So let's hope it actually works. But you all have been loving the solo episodes, um, specifically the Smart Girls Guides. So I'm really excited to jump into this one, the Smart Girls Guide to Time Management. This is a call coming from inside the house, okay? This is not something that like I am good at 24-7, but after a month of basically not having a full-time corporate job anymore and just focusing on the robes and my content, I, I feel like I am spiraling. I don't feel like myself. I feel crazy, and I think it's because up until now, I've sort of lived by the mantra of that like saying... That's like, if you want something done, give it to a busy woman. And the reason I was able to get so much done before is because I had such limited time that I just made the most of every second. And now that I have a sustainable amount of time to actually exist, get things done, be creative, I feel like I don't really know how to act. So I had to go back into my personal toolbox of time management tools and my personal life experience to jump into building more structure for myself and building a better experience for myself. Because up until now, girl, it's been a little messy. It's been real messy. We've got things to do. We've got we've got to get we got to step it up. Basically, is what I'm saying here. So, what better way to do that than to share with you my time management tips now? I have been a time management whiz, like I said, since high school, I believe. I went to a very rigorous high school to the point where I took like eight AP classes. I was ahead of multiple clubs and it was like a very difficult school. We had significant grade deflation to the point where basically we had only had 100, 90, 80, 70. Those are the only grades you could get. Otherwise you were failing. So say you did a math test and you forgot to write a negative sign in your final answer, instead of your um, professor saying, oh, you got a 98 on this, only minus two points, you would get a 90, which would be an A minus because it wasn't perfect. So I, we, we were really in a very dark place in high school, we'll say that. So I've always been a really high achiever and someone who wants to get a lot of things done at once. So I picked up a lot of time management from that experience and then took it into college and took it into my full-time job where I expanded into having a business, a podcast, and a career as a creator. So that's where my background is. I think the you guys really, really love my content about time management. So today I just want to make this like the go-to all-in time management episode that you all can refer to for years and months and days to come. So Let's get into the Smart Girl's Guide to Time Management. There are three pillars of time management that we have to have down before we get started into building tangible tips or tangible ways to design systems that work for us. So these three pillars are one, long-term goal setting, two, prioritization, and three, boundaries. So essentially, we need to really have all three of these things down before we can start effectively managing our time. You can manage your time and you can get things done when you're not setting goals or when you're not prioritizing or when you don't have boundaries, but it's not going to be effective. And so that's why it's important to make sure that you are focusing on these three things. And anytime you have a week or a day where you feel like you weren't effectively managing your time, ask yourself, one, was what I was doing 
you know, reflective of my goals? Or two, did I prioritize correctly? Or three, did I actually stick to my boundaries this week? So let's jump into each three of those before we get into tips for actually managing your time tactically. So goal setting. We've talked at lengths about goal setting on this podcast. You can head back to some solo episodes from late last year or head back to our vision board episode where I give you a whole notion template on how to set goals because I think it's very, very important to make sure that you're setting effective goals that are realistic and that are really helpful for you as opposed to things that are a little bit more you know, surface level. Like for example, people say they want to lose weight. Most of the time you don't actually want to lose weight. You want to look a certain way so that people feel a certain way about you, or you want to get 10K followers on Instagram. Why do you want that? Because you want people to feel a certain way about you, not because you want to have 10,000 people that have engaged with content that you are passionate about creating, blah, blah, blah. So when it comes to setting goals, what I would say is most important is think about how you want to feel, not what the outcome is, and try to marry those two things so that you can be chasing a feeling as opposed to chasing a like accolade or something like that. So that's what I've been doing with the podcast is instead of saying, oh, I want 100,000 downloads per episode, I'm saying I want to create the best content for my target audience, which is you guys. So that's what I've been trying to focus on. And that's why goal setting is so important. And you can't manage your time effectively if you don't have a sort of North Star that you're looking towards. So I find that to be really, really crucial. Moving on to prioritization. If you're like me, you're multifaceted and you have goals in multiple different areas of your life, whether it's finances, relationships, friendships, lots of different things you can have goals around. For example, like something I want to work on is hanging out with my friends more uh, before I go to business school and I don't live in New York anymore. And I also want to work on setting boundaries with my partner. So those are things that I have goals about and I know that I can prioritize based on that when it comes down to it. So for example, I was doing some journaling about what I want my life to look like. I'll just be really transparent. I was doing some journaling about what I want my life to look like in business school because ever since I've decided I'm going, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by all all of the different things that go on in business school for people who don't have jobs like I will. I'll be working while I'm there because I'll be doing content and I'll be doing podcasts and I'll be working on the robes. And so for people who aren't entrepreneurs and who are just focused on business school, it's a very, very rigorous and busy time. You know, in my case, I'm expected to go out four times a week. I'm expected to keep up with classes and school stuff and stuff like that. So I decided to write out my priorities for business school. So of the like five pillars of things that I'm going to have to be working on, I decided what I was going to prioritize. And I wrote out, what what does someone who prioritizes networking over classes, what does that look like? It looks like, okay, she's going to say yes to going out, but if like a networking opportunity comes up, instead of doing homework, she would likely choose that unless, you know, this other thing, you know, for for most reasons, you know? And then I also want to make sure my relationship stays a priority while I'm in business school. So I wrote out, what does it look like to be someone who prioritizes their relationship? It means that sometimes I might not be able to go on those trips that everybody else is going on because I already planned a trip with my partner. Writing out prioritization is something that I was doing in my mind for a long time. I was like, this is important, but I'm still going to get it all done. And that's why it took me so long to leave my freaking job because I was like, "I I can do it all. I can do it all. 
But when I actually started to prioritize is when things actually started to feel better and feel more fulfilling because I wasn't splitting my time as much. And the best way to do this is to really think about what is it actually going to mean for me to prioritize something. So for example, sometimes if if your workout is always going to be your priority, that means sometimes you're going to have to miss drinks with a friend. You know what I mean? So that's really thinking about what that person looks like is so important. That was long, but moving on to boundaries, this is sort of in the same vein, but it also helps you sort of block your time in a better way. So for example, I've said this multiple times on the podcast before, but one of my big boundaries is that I have at least one night a week that's completely to myself where I don't have to talk to anyone or text anyone or go out with anyone not even my partner. Um, And I mean, I also have like the Friday nights alone where I try to spend Friday nights just like doing something for me, filling up my cup. And I also like to have Saturdays where I don't do anything and I don't do any social media consumption. I don't have to do anything. I can just like be me and chill and do whatever I want that day instead of doing things that I feel like I have to do. So those are my boundaries. Those are the things I need. Some other boundaries might look like you are on do not disturb after 8 p.m. and you're not responding to the group text after that. Or it could look like you're putting your laptop down at 6 p.m. and not answering your boss and that's just something that has to be done. So boundaries are things that fit into our goals and our priorities and help us actually take care of ourselves while we're approaching or trying to achieve those goals rather than things that are to be feared. Once you've identified your goals for the future, your priorities when it comes to those goals, and how you're going to actually stick to those by using your boundaries, that's how we can start to think about managing our time a little bit better. I've got a few big time management tips for you, and we'll get started with that. The first big time management tip that I have for you is time blocking. And I think this is something that everyone and their mother has talked about on these podcasts. But time blocking for me is such a lifesaver. And I think that it's so, so, so important that you recognize that scientifically, your brain really cannot do an intense amount of work for more than 90 to 120 minutes. So you're really setting yourself up for failure if you're expecting it to do anything more than that. And you also lose about 20 to 40% of effectiveness when you switch between the type of tasks that you're doing. So for example, when it comes to creating content for me, or actually when it comes to, I'll use my corporate job as an example, because I know not everyone who listens to this is an influencer. So when it came to getting things done at my corporate job, a lot of times that would be creating resources for creators. So that would mean having to research the type of content that was doing well, having to reach out to those creators, having to actually build the deck, having to build the speaker notes, and then getting approvals. Each of those things are so individual and require different sides of your brain that you can't necessarily ask yourself to do all of that in four hours. Now, if I had to, girl, you know I was going to get it done. But you know what I'm saying is that the creative part of looking at all this content and trying to marinate on it and create a perspective of of how I wanted to center the argument in my resource, that's something that I wouldn't do on the same day that I need to get approvals from legal. You know what I'm saying? Because approvals from legal is just like administrative email work, whereas researching and developing a story and developing an actual you know, argument, that is more creative work. So that's something that we're not going to focus too much on at the same time we're doing administrative or editing work. 
I like to time block things. Um, and when I had my corporate job, what I would do is I would have no meeting days at least once a week. And that's when I'd be doing all that creative work. And most of the time I didn't have meetings in the morning. So I'd also try to do creative or editing work then. And then I would set time in the afternoon before my day ended to do all of my sort of editing and like administrative little tasks that just had to get checked off, but I would never try to do them like all at once. I would try to separate those to-do lists based on the type of work that I had in front of me. The second big time management tip that I have for you is bookending your day with morning and evening rituals. I know we talk about rituals and routines a lot on this show, but when it comes to managing your time, I think that there is nothing more important than having a solid evening routine. Your morning routine, I honestly don't think matters as much as your evening routine because that's when you do your planning for the next day. That's when you reflect on what went well. That's when you actually turn off and are able to pour into yourself so that you can continue to show up. And I even hesitate to say so you can continue to show up. You've got to pour into yourself just because you deserve it, period, whether or not you have to show up for something, you know? Obviously, in the perfect world, we're showing up for things that we love, but oftentimes we're not. So sometimes you just need to remind yourself that you're human and showing love to yourself is important anyway. So that's why night routines are so important to me. So at the end of the day, I like to turn off by writing a to-do list for the following day. After that, I like to put everything in sort of like an act of resistance. You know, it's like, I like to go on a walk. I like to put the blinds down take a hot shower while listening to a podcast that has nothing to do with work. I like to listen to like Bravo podcasts or pop culture podcasts in the evening. That way I'm like turning my brain off and I like to listen to more, you know, scientific or wellnessy or newsworthy podcasts in the morning because it gets me like amped up and excited to do my work. Having that evening routine where you're turning off, doing the things that you want. So then after that, I'll get into my robe, do my skincare, my too cozy robe, obviously, which You already know where the discount code is in the show notes, babes. Anyway, having that time for yourself is what allows you to actually use your brain. As I said before, your brain can't do more than 90 minutes to two hours of deep work per session. And I believe in the book, Deep Work, where this was sort of researched and popularized, I'll link it in the show notes, that you can't do more than three of those a day maximum because we don't have the capacity for that. So let's say I was creating or on set all day for eight hours. Do you think that evening I'm going to expect myself to go home and do something just because I time blocked it on the calendar? No. Those evening and morning routines are so, so sacred. And that's why you have to really connect with yourself. And I noticed that in the past month that I've been off work and not really like having, I didn't have to go to work and I didn't have that like nine to five bookend anymore. When I wasn't doing these routines, I was extremely frantic and anxious all the time. And when you're frantic and anxious, you tend to make worse decisions, which means that you don't manage your time what? Effectively. So that's my second big tip for you. The rest of these tips that I want to share with you are a little bit more like hacks that I use. So I'll go into how I actually plan my week and in my calendar so that you can understand how I make my decision. So I use a system called Monday Hour One. I've talked about it on this podcast before, and I've definitely modified it to fit my standards. But essentially what you do here is that you sit down. It doesn't have to be on Monday. I never do it on Mondays. You sit down once every few days, once every week, and you brain dump every single thing that you have to do. So everything. So I mean down to taking out the trash, 
I mean, down to switching your toothbrush head. By the way, if you haven't switched your toothbrush head recently, you should do that. You should get a new toothbrush. Dental care, babes. One day I will drop my dental care routine for you guys because it's very intense and we, you, all of us need to step up our dental health, okay? All of us. Whatever you need to do, you write it out so that you have it all in one place. It can seem overwhelming at this point, but what actually makes the system so great is that once you actually schedule what you need to do, which is the next step, you feel so much better and more empowered because you're like, damn, of course I have time to do all that. And then you feel confident to take take over, or what is it, to take on your week. So for example, I schedule everything I need to do down to the things I need to post, the little things that I need to do, et cetera, et cetera. And then I schedule them into these time blocks that I create for myself throughout the day. So for example, I'm looking at my calendar for tomorrow and in the morning I want to be filming content. So I've written out in my like to-do list the five videos I need to film. I need to reshoot one brand deal. I need to shoot two hauls and I need to shoot two little like apartment things I want to do. I want to share some more about my apartment with you guys. And I, and so I've written all of that down and I scheduled them into the three hours that I have blocked off to film in the morning. So that is how I get things done. So for example, you're grouping these tasks together based on what we talked about before, which is the type of task that they are. So for example, I could film a podcast or a YouTube video as well as shoot TikTok content in the same time block because they're both creative work. I could start my taxes and pitch myself to other brands at the same time because they're both computer work. You see what I'm saying here? So once you do all of it, you feel so much better and clearer on what you need to take on your week. And I find it to be super empowering because I always feel like there's so much that needs to be done. But when I actually sit down and write it out, it gets so much easier to actually accomplish and to feel the confidence that I'm able to accomplish it. So Monday hour one is an incredible time management tip for me um, that just really helps me like survive my week. And I actually do it in Google Tasks. So you can do it in Notion, but I find that Notion is for when I'm in a deep thinking mood. I haven't really built it into my routine yet to where it's something that I check on a daily basis. Whereas Google Calendar, since it's so centralized and I used it for work and I'm just used to it, I find it to be a little bit easier to visualize like my time there. Um, But I use Notion for like bigger, like strategic planning. When it comes to my calendar, I use the Google Tasks feature, which is just like a circle with a check in it that's on the right side of your Gmail or your Google Calendar, you can put it in there and then you can schedule those tasks into your calendar. You can also download the app on your phone. And so every morning I basically get a rundown of what all my tasks are for the day. And so what I have in there is I have separate lists with different tasks in them so that I can separate things like the robes, like everything I need to do for launching a product and stuff like that from like the podcast, which is like you need to write and record and stuff like that. So I find that to be really, really helpful if you are like me and want something super efficient. But you can also do this by writing it down, using Apple Calendar, Post-its, stuff like that. Another time management tip that I have is using your reminders. Use technology to your advantage. So I suffer from something called decision fatigue, and we all suffer from it. I'm saying it like it's a freaking autoimmune disease, girl. All of us suffer from decision fatigue. So something that really stresses me out is remembering what to do for my skincare routine every night. So it, I, like that, come, like if, if it's Monday morning, 
I don't remember what skincare I did yesterday. And I have to, I also had to decide what to wear today, which like if I'm deciding what I have to wear in the morning, I already know the day is going to be like 10 times worse because I am wasting valuable morning mindset on deciding what to wear, which is stressing me the fuck out. So I try to do that, like decide what I'm going to wear and do the more administrative things at night because that's when my brain really doesn't work. But definitely switch that if you, if your mind works differently. So for example, like uh, I, so what I did when I was getting stressed about how to actually like stick to my skincare routine was very simple. I took a freaking post-it note and I wrote down what I do for each day on this post-it note and put it inside of my bathroom cabinet so that when it's Monday and I'm like, oh my God, what do I do today? I'm like, Monday is retinol night. Monday's retinol night. Tuesday is faded night. Wednesday is lactic acid night. So I know that I'm looking at it every day. I, I still don't have it memorized because most of the time, guys, I really don't know what day what day it is. Like if you asked me, if you ran into me and you were like, hey, Alexis, what day is it? You are hard pressed. Like there's a 50-50 chance that I say the wrong day. So I look at it. I just make it my routine to look at that every day and do whatever is on there and trust that that's how, what's working for my skin. And I really do think it is because honestly, guys, I'm looking at my skin in the viewfinder right now, being a little bit of a narcissist, and it's looking amazing. But every time I say that my skin looks amazing, the next day I break out. Like, be for real. Very disrespectful. I feel like I'm being a little unhinged today. We're recording this at in the evening with a little maybe glass of wine with me. So I've got to say, oftentimes when I record things in the evening, I... I feel like I'm more myself because I'm not like reading from a script that I wrote the night before. So I hope you are enjoying little glimpses of the personality. DM me if you are. So with this being said, little reminders through technology, which I mean, the post-it wasn't really technology, but something I also use is my smart home device whose name rhymes with or is very similar to mine that I'm not going to say out loud because honestly, I'm surprised she hasn't interrupted us yet today. But I use that for reminders to take my supplements and vitamins and I have it programmed to where it sends a text to my phone every time so that if I'm not at home, I still get the reminder. And I use that and all you have to do is say it out loud and and I use that to really offload any random small tasks that I need to get done. And I, it's audi- it's auditory, so it really does like jolt my whole situation and remind me for things. And that's something I do with things that are extremely important or things that I know I'm going to forget but are make a major difference in my life. For example, like buying trash bags is something that I would use a little smart home reminder for because... I know that being being out of trash bags is going to cause a slight and a pretty intense, you know, inconvenience in my life. So I'm going to add it to the list because otherwise I'm going to forget. But the other thing, like taking my supplements, like that is such a big priority for me that it's, I don't care if it interrupts a deep work session because it needs to be done. Speaking of supplements, guys, I don't know if you want me to do a whole episode about cycle syncing and hormone balancing, which is what I've been doing the past two months. But I feel so much better. And I also, it's been like a full two months since I got my next one on out. And I also feel like the week that I was in LA and like didn't take my supplements, didn't work out, even though I was in LA and I was happy because there's just serotonin in the air there, I was feeling really bad. I felt disgusting. I felt bloated for like a full week after when I wasn't taking care of my body. So this cycle sinking shit, it's real. And it's like the second I started taking them again, like my skin cleared up. And I was shocked because I wasn't really expecting that there to be that much of a difference because honestly, I was kind of living that life before of like 
the eating out all the time because I was working or I was at least like not eating home cooked meals because I was eating at the office, stuff like that. Just in seeing what a big difference it's been, like actually making my hormonal health a priority is really, really promising. So anyhow, using those like those reminders to help you. So for example, I wouldn't necessarily schedule, take my supplements into my Google calendar or put it in those tasks. I like to think of all the tasks that I'm scheduling into my time blocks and making making my focus of my time. I like to make those things I'm actively doing that are a process from start to finish, whether that's starting reading and sending an email or creating content, whatever it is. I like to make those active tasks, whereas things like that are smaller tasks, like take my supplements is something that I would use an audible reminder for so that I don't like necessarily, I'm not going to have it be like, this is a reminder, make your content for the day. You know what I'm saying? So those are my big, big time management tips. I really hope I'm not missing anything crazy. Oh, I do want to touch on the difference between using maybe like a digital planner and a physical planner or like writing things down. I think most people are using digital. They're using Google Calendar and stuff like that. I personally love Notion and I know you all have asked me for like a Notion life calendar and I promise I will give you that as soon as I figure it out. But right now for me, what's working is Google calendar for the most part when it comes to scheduling and executing on things. Notion for actually like strategically thinking about my life. So for example, like I have all the big picture stuff about my robe business in there. I have the big picture stuff about like the two collective socials and podcasts in there. And that's where I'm like sort of working in. Whereas my calendar is sort of just a reflection of that. And then where I like to use paper and sort of tactile things is more for like my when I am really feeling anxious. So I often get overwhelmed by everything that I have to do and something really important that honestly might even help you with time management, but it's more of like an anxiety thing is having a backup plan for what I'm exactly going to do in the moment of feeling overwhelmed. So it's like my crisis hotline, for example. And so when it comes to feeling overwhelmed with all the work that I have to do, my like triage is that I sit down with a post-it or a piece of paper. I write down everything I have to do. I prioritize it. So from P0, as in it has to get done immediately, to P2, which means if I had to, I could do it tomorrow. Then I write out how much time each task is realistically going to take me. And then I get started from there. So any moment that I'm feeling anxious, what I typically do is take like a 10-minute walk around the block, come back, write that shit out, and then put on my favorite album or my favorite like thing that I like to work to, which right now happens to be the Ariana Grande Thank You Next album. Once I put that on and I just get to work and that is really how I help beat my anxiety when I'm feeling overwhelmed, but I have a lot of stuff to do. So it's sort of like my time management triage to help me get back into the groove. This has been a longer than usual solo episode. Please, please, please let me know if you like it because I had so much fun getting back to myself by talking about these things and thinking about them and reminding myself that all these tools are within me. There's so many podcast episodes and books and advice that all of us have, you know, taken in. And then we still feel like sort of at a loss sometimes when we're faced with our problems in the real world. So it's really nice to take some time to reflect on like the fact that, hey, I am good at managing my time. I can get a lot done and I can share that with others too. So if you're feeling like stuck in any area of your life, just remember that like, 
what would you advise a friend to do in this situation? And that will always help you come back to yourself and remind yourself that you have the answers within you. So love you more than anything. And I'll talk to you soon. Have a good day. And remember that you are too smart to not love yourself. Thank you so much for listening to Too Smart for This. I am so grateful that you took the time out of your day to take a listen to these conversations. If you're looking for more content, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Too Collective. And don't forget to follow me, your host, Alexis Barber, on the Gram TikTok as well. Don't forget, you can also watch our solo episodes on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Alexis Barber. And we do a weekly giveaway of PR products or Amazon gift cards to girls who leave great reviews down below. So please make sure to leave your reviews and follow us on Instagram to be notified in case you win. And with that, do not forget that you are too smart to not love yourself and see you in the next episode.